something to say. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Project Shadow, my name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, book one in the Mask of the Gods series. Oh, yeah, and it's also a podcast, so you can either get it at Amazon or you can listen to it. Just go to maskofthegods.com and find out more. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was the weirdest giggle, I'm gonna leave that in. Oh my goodness. So before we get into today's episode, I do want to say, just so you know, right off the bat, Friday's episode is going to be late. I know that ahead of time because we are going to a matinee of Avengers Endgame on Friday, and I want to do Friday's episode on Avengers Endgame. So it will be coming out late, and I apologize for that, but I just wanted to let you know ahead of time if you count on this show being there. So, today, <laughs> the, okay, the, the final trailer for Godzilla, King of All Monsters, is out. And I am not going to take the time to do a shot-by-shot teardown of the trailer, because I've kind of done that for previous trailers, because Y'all know how much I love Godzilla and kaiju movies and everything in between, but I am not going to do that. I am going to say that I'm very excited. I am going to say that that is Gamera confirmed because we get a closer look. And, well, we're told in dialogue that 17 Titans, as they're calling them, have risen. And I'm assuming that when I was looking at things and going, is that this one? Is that that one? Because you can kind of see some blurry, distant things that maybe, yeah, it was. And I like how they're setting up King Ghidorah as the big bad. Because, yeah, yeah, Ghidorah. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I am so excited for this movie. You have no idea. But there are a few things that I'm really concerned about when it comes to these giant monster movies especially the of the big budget variety. Because I am a fan of kaiju movies, and not just monster movies, but spe- specifically kaiju f- films. Giant kaiju kaijin, giant monsters, bigger than buildings, fighting all over the place. I, I have even tried on several occasions to get into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the various versions that followed, just because they're basically like Super Sentai Kaiju shows, because they're fighting giant monsters and a giant mech, and I just I kind of want to be into it, but I'm I've never found an avenue to actually get into it. But that's not for lack of trying. And I'm hoping that they continue to get right what is necessary. Those indescribable yet undeniable qualities that a kaiju movie has to have if it's going to be a really good movie. 
Now, I got into a lot of arguments with people about the first Godzilla movie because they felt Godzilla wasn't in the movie enough. And for me, I, I think they did a really good job. I, I enjoy both that movie and Skull Island, which precedes this. And so I have some confidence that even though Kyle Chandler's in it for reasons that I just don't understand, that it's going to be a good movie. But the one thing that they have to get right is that a kaiju is a force of nature. See, this is the difference between a kaiju movie and just a monster movie or a giant monster movie. See, Mega Shark versus Mega Gator, or whatever that movie was called, that really over the top B movie with um, Debbie Gibson and Tiffany in it. They, they have a cake fight, like they literally wrestle on top of a cake because reasons. It's a funny movie, it's an enjoyable movie, but it's it's just a giant monster flick with obnoxious 80s references to make people like me laugh. And those creatures, even like the Meg, which, let's face it, if you just can't enjoy Jason Statham punching a Megalodon in the face, I... I Something's wrong with you, man. But even even a movie like that isn't a kaiju movie. That's just a giant monster movie. A kaiju movie, for it to really work, at least for me, and I'm not saying that this is like a genre convention, though I think when you look at most movies, it would be. And I'm pretty sure if you asked a lot of other fans of the genre, they would agree. The, the monster cannot be less than. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up, let me see if I can find a way to flush that out for you. The reason I'm bringing that up is one of the things that we get in this trailer that was not present in the other ones is apparently the humans are going to try to help Godzilla take down King Ghidorah. And okay, that's nice. I don't want the human weapons to do anything. The only human weapon that should ever pose a threat to a kaiju is Mechagodzilla in the few versions where Mechagodzilla was made by humans and not some creature from outer space. If it's not Mechagodzilla or something of the like, some kind of mechanical kaiju, it shouldn't be effective at all. You should experience a kaiju as you would an earthquake or a volcano or a hurricane or a tsunami. They're a force of nature that is orders of magnitude above and beyond anything that we humans can cope with. There's an element of almost Lovecraftian horror and cosmicism in what makes a kaiju movie really good. Because they have to be so much greater than us. This is why, as much as I like Pacific Rim, and I even kind of enjoyed the second one to a certain degree, I don't put them in 
the bucket of kaiju movies, even though they specifically call the monsters kaiju, because they're easily defeated. That Those are mech movies. Those are movies about giant robots, and I'm fine with that. But they don't register for me on the same level that a Godzilla movie, or a Gamera movie, or a Ghidorah movie, or even my beloved Gargantuans. It doesn't register for me on any of those same levels, because they have to be completely beyond us. This is what made Skull Island so good, is you see the humans just really take everything that they have and throw it at Kong. And they scratch him a little bit, they burn his hair a little bit. Kong is undaunted. And even at the end of the movie, Kong is just like yelling at him like, yeah, get off my island. (laughs) Because he's King Kong. And that's what King Kong should do. King Kong, when done well, when a kaiju is done well, they should be unstoppable. They should be something so far beyond human comprehension or ability to control that they bring their own fear with them. Do, do you, I don't know if that quite makes sense or not, but when I think of the old Godzilla movies, which are the Godzilla movies that I fell in love with, you know, dude in a rubber suit, finding another dude in a rubber suit, those movies, especially when I was a kid, were able to frighten me. Not because I was watching a giant monster destroy a town. Not because I looked at them and believed that creatures that big existed, or that I was watching something that was just so real it blew my mind. They were able to scare me and put that those chills and thrills through me because they were so far beyond anything that I could even conceive. You don't know what Godzilla or Mothra or Rodan or Ghidra or Gamera or Destroya or any, you know, pick a monster. You don't know what their motives are. You don't know why they're doing the things that they're doing. They don't correspond to anything that we can relate to on any level. And that basic incomprehensibility to me is when done right, what makes them monsters, what makes them entertaining to watch. This, this is one of the things that I really loved about Colossal. And if you haven't seen that movie, you have to see that movie. Colossal is, um, so Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, and Dan Stevens star in this movie. And the monster is phenomenal. And the way everything in the movie works, it's, it's, it's a brilliant movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely hunted down. I know what you're thinking. Anne Hathaway is in a kaiju movie. Yes, she is. And 
it's everything you could ever want from a a rom-com kaiju flick because it's a rom-com kaiju flick that is really funny and really dark and beautifully done. It's, it's a f- wonderful film. But what they got right about the kaiju in this movie is that it's never explained. You get hints about where it may have come from and how it may work, but you'd never get an explanation as to how it came about or why it's attacking Seoul, South Korea or why it's doing the things that it's doing. It is a phenomenal film. And even though it is much more human focused than I generally like in my Kaiju films, because you know, I, 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 if there, if there's going to be humans in my Kaiju film, I just basically want them to be freaking out about the monster the entire time. Again, one of the reasons why I really enjoyed, um, the original Godzilla, the first Godzilla movie in the new thing. They, they understood what it needed to be and were able to make this creature come to life and play its role in the story. And they did the smartest thing you could ever do in a kaiju flick. They don't try to explain the monster. They don't try to tell you why it's there, why, what brought it about, or how it works. They, they just don't. And I don't want that from this movie. I, I get really concerned when I see these trailers and it looks like they're talking about how maybe it's going to be kind of a moral of the story about climate change or our responsibility to nature or or any of those things. The only message that you should get from a Kaiju movie is either nuclear weapons are bad or, oh my goodness, we have... All of, our, all of our ideas that we are in control of the world, that we have any control in this life, it's all a lie. And we've lied to ourselves this entire time. I do not want, nor do I require, any deeper message from this movie. And hopefully they understand that. And I want to believe that they do, because, you know, Gareth... Oh, Karis, beautiful, beautiful Godzilla movie and Skull Island both got that. I hope this movie does too. And I'm not going to say that it will be ruined if they don't, because like I said, I enjoyed the Guillermo del Toro's monster movies but he doesn't do kaiju. He does. They're understandable. They're 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 alien mechs. They're monsters that are designed to re-terraform our planet so that aliens can invade and take over. They're not true monsters in that sense. They're engineered. They have a purpose. They have a cause. I don't want these creatures 
to have a purpose. I do not want them to have a cause. They need to be understandable in that if their actions seem too random, then the movie doesn't seem to know what it's doing. So yeah, there has to be some concept as to what is going on here, but their motivations cannot be simple or comprehensible. Why is Rodan destroying entire cities? Because Rodan destroys entire cities. It's just the nature of the beast. I, I don't want them to tell us how by flying low over these towns and causing all this destruction, it somehow feeds the monster so that Rodan can gain more strength. I don't want that at all. I really don't want that. <laughs> that that's, that's trying to westernize and bastardize these creatures more than they need to be done. This is... This, this is one of the few things that Lovecraft got right, because he was wrong about a lot of things. But in his short essay on writing, he discusses, he, he starts it off with this, with this wonderful line, Fear is the oldest and greatest emotion of mankind, and fear of the unknown is the strongest. It's not a direct quote, I'm paraphrasing, but... It's basically that's what he says. And he's right. And that is what every kaiju should represent. Rodan should be no different from a hurricane. And unless we're watching Hurricane Heist, which I really should do an episode on because my beloved husband made me watch that movie and... I will forgive him one day. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that, that turned out to be a movie that I didn't expect, but we'll talk about that later. But unless you're watching a movie like Hurricane Heist, storms don't have a personality. They don't have a character. They're just forces that act upon the world and do what they do. Every kaiju should exhibit those qualities. They should be mysterious. They should be unknowable. And that's a really fine line to walk. It's a really hard thing to do. And one of the things that has limited our, um, how shall I say, Western exposure to kaiju flicks and why it's been really hard for us to get any big budget ones. We want to tell a story. And our methods of storytelling are so different from the ones that you find in these tales as we receive them. And I've talked about this for a while, but for the most part, it comes down to how in Western stories, we generally work off of a three-act structure where we have a setup, a climax, and a denouement, or release of tension. And it's all based on this idea of conflict and building conflict and building conflict and building conflict to the conflict reaches its zenith. And then at the climax, the tension is snapped and then we get our falling action. So rising action, falling action. It's a very simple narrative idea that we have here in the West. 
in many works that we encounter from Japan, we're talking about, and if you are a regular listener of this show, you're probably getting tired of me talking about it, but you're really dealing with more of the Kisho Tenketsu method of storytelling. And this works really well for a kaiju story. We establish the world in the first phase, key. Show, we develop the world. Ten, we introduce a twist. Something changes that makes everything that we thought we knew get flipped on its head. Ketsu, the two worlds are harmonized in some way. They're brought together in a way that shows us the complete picture. Let's look at a movie like Mothra, right? We're introduced to the island, we're introduced to the islanders, we're introduced to the people who can call Mothra, and throughout all of it, we are seeing how this world works. When we actually meet Mothra, and Mothra is not what we expect, and Mothra is not the being that we think that Mothra is going to be, that throws everything for a loop. Think about the original king of all monsters, right? There's a monster on an island, that monster's doing terrible things, the government decides to try to do something about it, Godzilla starts heading towards the island, they fight, it beats Godzilla, Godzilla regroups, suddenly becomes super ultra Godzilla, fire-breathing monster Godzilla, Godzilla wins the day. This is the pattern that is prevalent in every kaiju movie. We meet the world, the world is developed, a surprise is thrown in, right? Think about, this is one of the things that made the original Gareth Edwards Godzilla feel so much like a proper Godzilla movie, right? We're introduced to the world and the characters. We meet the Mufos. We meet, I'm sorry, yeah, no. We beat the new monsters. <laughs> we see them in action. We think we know what's going on. We hear about Godzilla. We get to know what he's up to. We think we know what's going on. Twist is thrown in. Uh-oh. It's a male and a female. They must be getting together to mate. That's why they're heading towards each other. That's why they're calling out. They get together they lay a nest. Now we have two problems, three monsters, and a movie. It's slowly unveiled. We, we get to the twist that two of the kaiju that we're tracking are going to mate. If they're not stopped, they're going to lay eggs, and we're going to have a bunch more. That's a big twist. That leads to the inevitable decision to let Godzilla take out the problem. And then we get the fight between the Mutos. That's the word I was looking for. The Mutos and Godzilla. And everything is brought back in our resolution. It's a simple formula. And it's not really a formula. It's just a method of telling a story. That's kind of what I want to see in this one. I, I don't want 
to spend too much time talking about where the Titans, if that's what we're calling them now, come from. I don't want to know their origins. I don't want to know what they are. Please don't go into the biology and the ecology and all of those other things that normally I'd be begging for. You know, you know me, I love my world building. But those things don't have any place in a kaiju film. They really don't. Why does Godzilla exist? Because Godzilla exists. He exists because he exists. We don't need, we don't require any other explanation. And in fact, any explanation that we give lessens him. This is why we go back and forth over where did Godzilla come from? Was Godzilla a mutated lizard from the nuclear trials or not? Depending on the Godzilla flick, they go back and forth on that because by giving him an origin story, by saying that this is where he came from, we've actually lessened Godzilla. He's no longer just this force of nature that has risen again. He is the product of man's action and now is no longer as mysterious or as powerful as he could be. And this is what we have to work on. This is what we have to be very careful with anytime we're dealing with a kaiju. The mystery is what gives them power. The mystery is what makes them attractive. Who is Ghidorah? They're apparently going to go with this idea that he is some kind of a, an alpha. And that apparently the other monsters are being drawn to him for some reason. I, I, I don't know how they're going to make that work. I'm hoping that that just ends up being lines that were included because they're easy for the trailer to try to set up this. Because when you think about the idea of an alpha, which of course don't exist in nature, but when you think about what an alpha is supposed to be, they, they are the chief amongst their species in the group in which they're acting. Please don't try to go on some weird thing to make Ghidorah and Gamera and Mothra and Godzilla somehow part of the same titan species that has the ability to manifest its physical form very differently depending on reasons that you're going to baloney them into the story. Don't do that. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode. I wanted to say that up front. I wanted to say that before the movie comes out, before I go see it. That way, if that's what they do, you know ahead of time why I'm going to be ranting and raving about it. Don't explain the monsters. Don't waste your time trying to make them make sense. That's not what these movies are for. They're here to show us our place in the cosmos. That compared to the forces of nature, we are tiny and powerless. And that's a message a lot of people don't want to hear, and that's why monster movies and kaiju movies are usually done wrong. 
Like, that's the basic problem with the first American attempt of the Godzilla movie. Yeah. Anywho, I hope you enjoyed this kind of breakdown of a kaiju flick in the kaiju genre. It's something that I really do like, and I might talk about more on future episodes if you are so inclined. If you liked this episode and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general, please do so. That helps me out a lot. That tells the algorithm to share me with more people. If you've got a buck you can throw my way down in the show notes, you'll see a link for the community support page. If you click that, you can join the project at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. That helps out a lot. That helps me do just about everything that I do. And I could really use the help. If you don't have the money or don't feel like giving right now, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, Just if you think you know somebody who might enjoy this show, please share it with them. If you haven't already, go check out Mask of the Gods or get a copy of my book, Crucify My Love. I would love to know what you think about it. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can either follow me on Twitter, MC Dorset over there, or you can go download the Anchor app, follow Project Shadow, click the um, voice message button, and leave me a message. Keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you, and I would love for this to be more our podcast. Just a reminder, Friday's episode is going to be coming out late because I want it to be my review of Endgame, and we're not going to be going till that afternoon. So, until tomorrow, thank you all so much for everything that you do to help me, and hopefully I'm helpful to you in some way, shape, or form. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.